1: What's up everybody? Welcome to Hip Politics, eight o'clock top of the hour, another Thursday. Doing it big right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us. Um so as you guys know, uh this is the show where um you know we like to hear from you, like to uh hear what you've gotta say. And do that multiple ways. So don't forget, get in the chat room, you know, get a uh username, password. Make it happen, Uh, interact with the other people in the chat room, or give us a call at 805-292-0337. That's 805-292-0337. Press option one. Chester will know you want to come on the line, and uh, you'll get on with your question or your comment. I'll also read uh, questions or comments from the chat room. And uh, interesting week this week. All right, we got a lot going on. the big thing I would say is obviously homeland security, ISIS. What are we going to do? It looks like more and more Americans are saying, "Look, we're all we're okay with boots on the ground." The president seems a little resistant to this, seeing that he um, pretty much has got us out of Iraq. Um, did it go into Syria? Uh, But it's looking like the pressure is mounting. What do you think? Should we put boots on the ground? Um, It's a totally different case from Iraq. We were talking about WMDs, but we've got these crazies called ISIS or ISIL, whichever one you want to say, that are chopping people's heads off. They're killing women, um, civilians. They just kidnapped Christians. So, you know, I, I... you know, I'm at a loss as far as uh where I am, but uh luckily for us tonight our guest, Micah Edmond, is someone uh who's actually served in the military as an officer in the Marine Corps and um did a couple tours overseas, um, worked at the Pentagon, so you know, he's someone that we can definitely lean on to try to figure out what his thoughts are and and uh what he thinks the approach should be and and another thing that i want to talk to to uh micah about specifically um you know it, it seems like a lot of people in the military you know they present i don't know maybe saying they don't like you know maybe not the right term but you know for lack of better words at this point i'm going to say they don't like him they don't respect him i don't feel as commander. So, you know, I want to talk to Mike about that because um, he's someone that has, um, you know, worked with people in the Council of Foreign Relations and has been in the Pentagon. I'm interested to hear, and um, I, I want to know if it goes beyond race, um, you know. So, I want to get his thoughts on that. Also, talk to him about, um, uh, you know, blacks in the military and, and you know, what what that representation is looking like and you know, when my grandfather served in World War II, both of them. You know, it seemed like um, you know conditions back then were terrible for black men, black people, but there was such a love of country that I don't see expressed in the same way today. So I'd like to get his thoughts on that. Also, want to hear from you guys eight zero five two nine two zero three three seven. Let me know what you think about everything. It's going to be a hot show. So, um, you know, we'll take a. No, actually, we won't take a quick one. Let's bring Micah in because I want to get right into this conversation. So, hey, Micah, welcome to Air Politics. How are you?
0: Well, thank you very much, sir, for having me on. It's uh, great to be on.
1: everybody, sorry about that. A little technical difficulties. We're back. I got Micah Edmund back. Micah, sorry about that. Uh technical oh, it's okay. difficulties on our side. But uh we're gonna keep on moving. Now, obviously there's a force out there that doesn't want people uh to hear what you gotta say tonight and, and hear this topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I, I <laughs> it's it's
1: it's, it's ISIL ISIL is is uh coming in on the line on us man. What are we gonna do about that? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, before we get to that one I, I kinda want to just, just deal with your first question or for one of the first points you brought up, uh, real quick like, um, and especially since it's Black History Month, this is something that's been, been near and dear to me as uh someone who did serve in the military. Um and I served as a Marine Corps officer. And there are two two things that, that I see that we still deal with today and I'll I'll expand this beyond just the military, but the whole sort of Senior leadership in the world of national security, if you will. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got, you know, very few people who have been in the senior, le- senior leadership and the political side of this. Uh, Colin Powell served as a national security advisor for Ronald Reagan. Condoleezza um, Rice, who you we know, served as a national security advisor for George W. Bush and now Susan Rice for, for President Obama. And, We've had Secretary Powell and Secretary of State, as well as Condoleezza Rice at the Department of State. But we've yet to have a senior African-American leader over at DOD. And we've had Colin Powell, the chairman join Steve, But you can see we've got the same black guy in all three. And mm. that's great, but we need to start pulling up more talent and showcasing more talent. And I think what Secretary Powell did when he was at the State Department was – to go out there and really start at the level where it matters is traveling the high schools and getting young African-Americans interested, you know, in world affairs and, and letting these guys and gals know that you can be players on a global stage and not to just think locally. And I think that's important because that's, that's just an education push or data point that our our kids just don't, don't get in the communities when they're young. Um, So I think that that's something that we really need to, to take a look at is how do we get people in those leadership positions to really go out and recruit? It's not just about taking players who are in the system and elevating them up, which is important, but it's about creating a pipeline. And the same for the military. One thing that's very difficult is, you know, too often a lot of those guys and gals come right out of high school and they just go into the enlisted branch, which is great. But we really got to start talking about how do we, get them in positions to become officers so that we have an unbelievable pipeline of individuals that can be the next Colin Powell and so on and so forth. So it's it's not just about the political level in Washington, D.C. and this guy and whatever, but it's about doing something that goes into that lowest level, which is high school, and teaching people about a broader world and that they can be a player in it. Um, so that's one of the things that I, I think we really should be doing a lot better job at. We don't we just don't do it well. Uh when Powell left the State Department that just fell off of the table. Um so that's that's one thing that, that I really wanted to highlight there. Um and one little small part of that too is, you know, coming in as a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, I can tell you, um it's a great organization. It's where big decisions are talked about and made and you just don't have a lot of African Americans in there. Um and I was very upset about that and you know, I fought hard to be to be um on the uh governing council in D C and to be in charge of the mentorship program. And we need uh there again, more people in that world uh going out and, and pulling um our young people up. That's how you make a difference. It's it's about so, the next generation. So
1: Micah I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. I I think one of the things that I'm um curious to know is that when we talk about um colin powell say <clears throat> mm-hmm. we excuse me when we talk about colin powell one of the things that um you know you said he he started in high school and, and so on and so forth but it seems to me that there's a greater um societal concern because when you have um you know the the rates of black men being incarcerated and and you know having problems with the criminal justice system you, you you, you know, you're pretty much X'd out, you know, going in and, and becoming an officer and then being able to get the security clearances that, that you would need um, to be able to work, let's say, in the Pentagon or, or you know, in, in that No, you're
0: capacity. 100% right on that. I will tell you, one of the things that, that, that's that been very disturbing to me is, is it's that whole national security infrastructure. And you hit the nail on the head, which is it pulls in at a younger level individuals who have military clearances. So the military are, are generally the people who are predisposed to come out and get hired at these big jobs at your Lockheed Martins and your Boeings and Raytheon and companies like that. So the mm-hmm. question is is how do we, you know, do something that makes it possible for let's say younger African American males who have basically made a mistake. You know, everyone talks about, you know, the American dream and you know, it's for everybody on that track. But not everybody's on that track. People make mistakes. And for all the stuff that people say they're forgiving, we know that the system is generally cyclical and you can continue to get punished in the same state.
1: So one exactly. of the things
0: that I like that's come out in the last, it's been about the last year, was a very bipartisan bill um, that uh, Rand Paul worked on with um,
1: Cory Booker. Senator Cory
0: Booker. And it's about... You know, looking at these young guys that have made these mistakes and doing stuff to, to expunge their records and to give them a better shot at reintegrating back into that economic pipeline. And particularly for, you know, we talk a lot now in the economy, and this matters to national security, you know, i am tell you in areas like in Virginia and Washington, D.C., where all the jobs are, I mean this is the number one industry in Virginia at large. You know, if you are in the military and you're not working in government, then you're working for one of the big defense companies. It's to a hundred thousand dollar plus job, and so when we talk so much about, you know, the African American community and everybody getting a raise in minimum wage, you can double the minimum wage and still not be able to afford to live in the neighborhoods up here. It just doesn't matter.
1: Exactly. You can triple
0: exactly.
1: the minimum wage. Listen, it's all about let me let me let me go. Job. Let me let me ask you real quick, Mike. If, you know, I I I think if, you know we could go down that road all night, and and I, I that, that's such a great point that you're bringing up. Uh, you know, one of the things though that I see that, and, and I mentioned this in the opening, is that it, it doesn't appear like a lot of the the, the younger kids, um, you know, the the, the Latino kids, the, the the kids of color, are basically at this point have that same level or, or exhibit that same level love of country. Let's say so. I had both both of my grandfathers served in World War Two. Um, and you know, if I look back, I, I I thought many times. You know, could I have done that? You know, could I have really done that during that time when I knew, you know, how they were being treated and and um, you know with segregation and and you know just the the overt you know dealing with Jim Crow and so on and so forth. You know, could I have done that? And then you look at the the myriad of of black soldiers back World War One. You know, every every engagement that we've had in the country but i'm specifically talking about these guys from world war one world war two i don't see that same level and tell me what you see but i don't see that same level of overt love i mean it's 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 not expressed and it's almost like it's not even cool to express it that way.
0: well there are a lot of things that that go on in there and i'll tie that a little bit into sort of obama's commander-in-chief now i'll caveat this with saying that the the you know, I'm a Republican, he's a Democrat, but I'm going to be as objective as possible in this, because this issue deserves someone being objective. Everyone likes to, to vilify the commander-in-chief. I mean, you, know, you get it when it's good and you get it when it's bad. So sort of put Obama in context a little bit. You know, Iraq was not going well and neither was Afghanistan when he was campaigning for president, let's just be honest. And we weren't as patriotic about those engagements at that time as when we went into it right? It's right after 9-11. So mm-hmm. he comes in as commander-in-chief and his two big things to the country are, you know, I'm going to shut down Gitmo and I'm going to pull us out of Iraq and Afghanistan. So being in the military was not a, you know, and, and we talked about also declining budget cuts and so on and so forth. So it was not a very, uh, if you will, high time that made people want to go into the military. I mean, it just wasn't. We We had some of the absolutely brutal um, you know, right around that time, too, you remember when the IED got very big and soldiers were not just coming home, but, you know, we had a huge influx of people coming back in from uh, wounds. Right. And right. we right. started hearing things about post-traumatic stress syndrome and all the veterans getting out and having trauma issues. And this now. So, to be fair, you know, if you were 17, 18, a career in the military is not what you wanted coming in around 2008. And quite frankly, you know, through a number of years into the Obama administration, we're about six years in now. So um, to be fair, it, it isn't so much as that, you know, President Obama, I think, came in with a negative attitude towards the military. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people like to paint that, but let's just put him in context. You would put anybody coming to the office at that time. That's what it was, you know, um, not yeah, very I many parents that, send their kids into the great. military. Right. You know, so, I, I think one of the things,
1: though, so Micah, you've got, you know, and, and I appreciate you trying to be objective. I mean, but there is there is a disdain among the leadership, it appears, um, all, all, among all branches for this president. And and it's something that we haven't seen before. And I mean, you've been in the Pentagon. I mean, you talk to these guys, you're for God's sakes, you're in the Council of Foreign Relations. I mean, so you, you know, have a lot of interaction and and obviously i'm i'm assuming that they're not going to tell you well i don't like him because he's black but i i mean would would you say that it's fair to say that a lot of these old school characters um because of where president obama has come from um don't have the same level of respect i mean they they love bush they i mean they love bush because his first his first reaction in my opinion was to strike first now you you've got these hawks out here saying hey You know, we've got we've got to go hit, you know, Iran for Israel and so on and so forth. And, you know, it seems like that's what the military loves. And there's no objectivity when it comes to understanding the political ramifications of us just going in. I mean, it seems like we haven't learned a lesson from you know iraq and what happened in afghanistan so before you respond i got to take a break i'm going to take a quick one man and i'm going to come back and let you respond everybody listening here politics we'll be right back i have no more campaigns to run my only agenda i know because i won both of them um Yeah. You can't roll a to this one. You gotta, you gotta roll. You gotta light it. You gotta puff it on this one. You can't even drink Cristal on this one. You gotta drink Cristal. Try some red wine, little
0: 9-7 This is for the is grown like and one. sexy.
1: All right, people, we're back. As uh, Chester says, uh, Obama and Jay-Z is like Kennedy and Sinatra. So uh, our guest tonight, Micah Edmund, appreciate him being here. Um, part of the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, and before we went to break, Micah, so I'm I'm saying, look, these old school guys in, in in leadership and the guys that you're around, I mean, there's no respect for this commander-in-chief, this guy, this president's commander-in-chief.
0: You know, I would tell you that, that anybody who comes in at a time to into that office without a, a big military or mass treaty background faces some challenges and pushback from the system. They just do. And at a time, he specifically came in and a lot of people would feel did not have a firm grasp of the facts and immediately that what he wanted to do was draw down uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and the Republicans in Congress had a huge pushback on that. Absolutely. The Question is, is hey, he had been white? You know, with the pushback, have have come the same way. Um, you know, it, it, it's extremely tough. Bill Clinton faced the same thing. You know, when he came into to to the White House, he had the immediate ideas about what he wanted to do with the military. First, right off of the bat, he walks in the door and he wants to, you know, essentially. Uh, open up and allow gays into the military. Or the only the military thing
1: on that, places. Micah. The only the only thing on that is you can't point to a a, a general overtly, you know, dispatching to towards President Clinton at that time, the way you had, um, you know, with uh, President Obama. You know, so I mean, it's just. I, I mean, it, it's just. Well, it, you, it you seems totally out was of hand. There
0: number. Well, there, there were a number of generals who actually did push back on 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 President Clinton and believe it or not, it was actually General Powell who, who threatened to resign over the matter. And it was General McChrystal who pushed back on Obama and did show a, a, a high but do level. Do you call of
1: that do you call what McChrystal did, you call that pushback? I mean that that's kind of being nice, Micah, you gotta admit, that's being nice. Because I, I don't call that pushback. I mean, what Crystal did and exactly what, what Colin no, no, Powell did, I don't I don't think you can no, 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 you know, I'll, compare the two.
0: Just be quiet. Okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you. Fly out. Well hold oh, 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 on. Oh, oh, Mike, Micah, Micah,
1: Micah, Micah, hold up. Not be quiet. This is my show. Okay? So I'm going to let you talk. No, I didn't say be get quiet. I'm, I'm so, just oh. simply
0: saying that I'm agreeing with you. I thought I
1: heard you say be quiet. Okay, go ahead.
0: Let's make it happen. No, no. I said I'm agreeing with you, and I'm saying that. What Crystal did was outright insubordination and Secretary Gates was right to recommend to fire him immediately um, for cause because it was absolutely wrong. I'm saying I agree Um, not to equate the two, but I'm saying that equal in the sense that it's very difficult for a man to walk into an office without a lot of military background and experience and so and so that that people find credible, then you can expect some pushback is what I was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But what, what Crystal did was far and away insubordination to the man, and, and and no clear comparison in that aspect. That, that's mm-hmm. all I would say. Um, I, I will say that, you know, like I said, President Obama faced probably two two challenges that no one really wanted to deal with as well, which was we had known at that moment in time that we could not do open engagements in Iraq and Afghanistan. So we're going to have to be the bad guy and draw it down. It was a responsible thing to do, and someone's going to have to start dealing with our budget deficit and in that aspect, everyone knew it, but no one wants to do anything about it. So I think that when he started taking some sense of leadership positions about that, you can expect criticism. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. There is there, I mean, I would say, people ask me this all the time. Okay, fine. I get the dissent saying and yada, yada, yada. But is there even a deeper element in the Republican Party that just doesn't like the guy because he's black? Um, Sure. Absolutely. I mean, to deny it is absolutely ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, on the face of it, is it truly because of... uh, Absolutely. I mean, we all know that. Um, The reality is, though, is that um, I think that he faces some real challenges that are tough. And in some aspects, I think he's trying to do the right thing. I think I disagree in some of the methods by which he goes... So let's talk about the
1: disagreements, though, Michael. Let's talk about that, because I, I would assume... And again, I'm making assumptions, shouldn't do this, but... I assume that you wanted to see us do more, let's say with Syria and in, in regards to Syria, correct?
0: Uh, you feel like you made
1: the decision.
0: Uh, Syria. Well, I I'd say kind of on the factual side of it this way, we had an authorization of force that we gave president Bush 2002 and mm-hmm. we did not limit that. So it was open ended. Um, in reaction to some of the things that ISIS was doing, and to give the president his due credit here, a lot of people may not have known much of this, but um, Baghdad was really about to be overrun by some of these, these forces from ISIS, were from Syria into uh, northern Iraq, and they requested military assistance from the United States. So it wasn't like right. President Obama just jumping in. They, re- they requested it. It was very right. dire, and the president right. basically has a decision to act or not act. So he did. And Congress... They can complain, they can whine, they can moan, but no one said no, right, in reality. So after that, you face the real dilemma of, of, okay, we just saved this, but we have a longer-term problem that we're going to get serious about. At that moment in time, I thought the prudent thing to do was to say that we need to actually have the president request the use of authorization of force that rescinds what we gave Bush and has a real look at what we're going to do today, and debate it, and then put that on the table, and then act as one. Um, the president, I think, responded to that, and has recently, as you know, sent over a use of force, and now we see Congress sitting on its hands. So a few months ago, they went to complain that the guy didn't send him anything, right, and now that he sent it, they're yeah. complaining about it. So, so, you know, so I think I mean, he's you been, been right on that. And and I think okay. Congress needs to step up and work with
1: them on that. So we've so we've got this we've got this debate that that's really really heating up right when it when it comes to ISIS, ISIS has everybody freaked out scared to death. So, you know, you're, you're seeing the numbers polls go up with the American people saying, look, um, you know, we're okay for on the ground um, going in there and something about ISIL at this point. What, what's what's your take on that? I mean, it. Say, take from from your. I mean, is this what number of troops that would be needed? I mean are we support or are we out there put American lives in way? I mean, is it thirty thousand, hundred thousand. This another uh, act. Is it what should it look like to you if you believe that we should put boots on the ground?
0: Um. Well, I'd say. The first challenge that the president faces at every given day is, is probably what's the most immediate threat? You know, most immediate threat to me, I would wish that Congress would work with the president Department of Homeland Security. That's the most immediate threat. Um, second to that, I would probably rank dealing with Iran as a big issue. Um, ISIS, I'd probably put maybe about third. Um, and, I, and I say that because essentially, we can deal with the Department of Homeland Security if these guys just do what they got to do tonight. Um, Iran is is a bit more complicated, but we already have the tools by which we can broker an agreement on the president dealing with Iran on that. We could specify what we want this and the other. ISIS is a bit more complicated because it involves troops, and what the president's asked for is roughly about an authorization to last for three years, which would essentially cover him for the rest of his administration. And get whoever the newcoming president is a year to deal with it. And he's asked for something in the neighborhood of, I believe, probably around 15,000 or so troops, I've heard estimates. Um, mm-hmm. Just so that you know, at the high point in Iraq, we were dealing with about 130,000 boots on the ground. And you know how right. that went. Right. So you know, the question is, is can you really be effective with 15,000 boots on the ground? And to be honest, the real problem is that where the troops or the ISIS group operates without impunity, is really serious. Iraq is a band-aid. You can put 15,000, 50,000, 100,000 troops on the ground in Iraq, but they're really operating out of Syria, which is a powder okay. keg. And no one wants to deal with that. Um, so to me, can we put boots on the ground and stabilize Iraq? Yes. Is it the prudent thing to do? Yes. How many? really don't know. Um, you know, I assume that the number that the president provides is going to be in consultation with the joint chiefs, and the number will be about right. There will always be plus from the minus that people argue about, but I, I believe that the number that they propose is probably going to be about right. My only concern yeah, but, is the although, fact
1: that the, the only thing, Michael, with that, you, you know, you mentioned the fifteen thousand. That's the that's the number that I heard. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's the number that that everybody keeps hearing. If, if it was fifteen thousand, I think the president would probably say, you know what. Let's make it happen. Like, just, I don't, like, I, I think it's just $15,000, you know, because well, I, to you your point earlier. That, Go ahead.
0: Well, I think that the president, he's a very smart guy. He's been around for a very long time. And, you know, he knows enough to know now, especially in the context of history, and having dealt with this department uh, the last six years. That's how it starts. And he's very exactly. wary of creep, and he should be, and he should be. You know, right. 15,000 on the ground. Well, what happens when you put 15,000 on the ground and they get overrun? Well, you've got to send another 10,000. you got to send another, you know, so on and so forth. That's how we ended up escalating in Iraq, right? Everyone thought that this number would be fine. Man, we we've seen to,
1: this movie. I mean, we saw this in Vietnam. We we saw the same thing in Vietnam, oh, Iraq. Same same thing, right? Up. So, exactly. Well, my, so, my I mean, is, I'm, is glad, I'm glad you brought that
0: up. Yeah, I mean I, I, I think he's being prudent. Um and you know, the only question really is, is no one seems to be talking about the strategy, which is okay, fine, I think you put fifteen thousand in and you might be able to stabilize Baghdad and Mosul and some places north dealing around Kurdistan. Okay. But your major problem is the fact that these guys are getting massive arms in a wholly ungoverned space in Syria. And Syria is rapidly destabilizing, which is affecting borders and Turkey and so on and so forth. So I don't see a strategy yet from from this president, and for that matter, anybody, quite frankly, um, you know, on what we do. And to put this in context, because a lot of people really want to beat up the president on this, you know, just as many people who walk in the room and want to beat him up on 15,000 troops on the ground in Iraq, right, and don't want to talk about the larger problem of like, well, what about the forces moving in from Syria? they also don't give credit that he's also dealing with. As soon as that group of people leave, another group of people walk in and say, what are you going to do about Russia and Ukraine?
1: Right, right, right.
0: It's incredibly complicated.
1: This is is, is something that's, exactly, it's a complex situation. I mean, when you look at Syria, you know, shop in Damascus, what what happens after after we go in there? You know, what what happens? I mean, mean, and and like you said, we've got to deal with this, this Ukrainian situation, and, and, you know, there's there's a lot going on, and if we start spreading ourselves too thin, we start making it easier for our enemies where we can't respond to in, in certain instances. No,
0: absolutely, and and that is the national security concern that I have, mm-hmm. and that the president is, quite frankly, you know, in a very difficult situation. I mean, to, to make it even more complex, you know, he was drawing down in Afghanistan, and now... You know, with destabilization issues over there, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe you shouldn't draw down in Afghanistan. So if you're not going to draw down in there, then you're going to have pressure on where you want to pull the troops from to go, you know, if anything, to escalate into to some area in Ukraine and so forth. So I, I, I think that everyone's beating them on the, on the head to act immediately, um, and I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's a fair criticism. I agree.
1: I agree. I agree. I'll tell or... you one thing, oh, my! Listen one thing about the um one thing about the president that we know and here here's here's what i think the president's doing I, I think he's keep he's he he always plays his cards uh, close to the best, right i think he's developing a strategy right now and when he hits he's going to hit so freaking hard that it's going to be ridiculous like i i i, I really believe that I, I don't i don't believe he wants to get drawn into a war but because the situation is so complex something has to be done and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna hit hard, and it's gonna go beyond just just these airstrikes. One of the things I want to move to, real quick, because I know I got you go, man, is um, tell me what, what's up with these. What, what's up with this? Uh, uh, you know the 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 leadership, GOP leadership. You know, not wanting to fund homeland. What the heck is that about? I mean, you you gotta admit this is that this has to be a tactical error on particularly. I wouldn't even say for for McConnell because I think McConnell's tried to clean it up, but it doesn't look like he's getting any cooperation from Boehner, from where I sit. But you're right there. Tell tell, tell us what's happening. What, what's your what's your well, thought on that?
0: I I think um there's there's a lot of accuracy in what you said. I mean, I, you know for for most of the listeners, I mean, I, I think more as a, a point of fact that the House originated the bill um, of funding Homeland Security and then they attach some riders on the bill that mm-hmm. would counter uh, President Obama's, some of the things that he did in immigration policies, negative actions, so on and so forth, right. um, and send it to the Senate. And so for a while, the Republican leadership in the Senate was really wondering how you can play it. And a lot of people have said good or bad things about Democrats in the Senate, the good or bad things about Republicans, but at the end of the day, it seems that the Senate have come to a gentleman's agreement that said politics aside, let's just strip all this crap off the bill, pass the budget clean, and we'll deal with the politics another day, and let's send this back to the House. They'll vote this clean bill, and we will fund Homeland Security, and then we can get back to politics, but, you know, business is business. And it appears that the House does not want to do it. Um, I would probably, I mean, the uber-conservatives, if you will, in the House who are, are voicing uh, opposition, they see this maneuver, from my understanding, as the only way to truly uh, stop uh, the president's policies of immigration that they don't like. I, I think that's bad politics. I, I, quite honestly, I would prefer the the Senate action, and I'm sure it's going to kill me with a lot of some of the uber conservatives. But I think <laughs> the prudish thing in national security is to is to pass the bill, and 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 no one's saying that I necessarily disagree with how they feel when about some of his immigration policies, but I don't think that they have the right to hold captive, you know, federal and government employees or trying to nation because of something else that the president did. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I well, I think, I think, the I think
1: any, that. any reasonable person would agree with you, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. I mean, if, if this is the only tactic that, that they can use, you know, part of the broader strategy says, okay, you know, we want to stop this immigration. You know, the, the 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 president's executive action on on immigration, but this particular tactic seems really stupid.
0: Well, I, I will tell you that because uh, I, I have a contingency to deal with. I won't say stupid, but I will say I disagree. <laughs> uh, I strongly disagree. Well, man, look, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I understand, but uh, you you get my you get my point. And I think it's 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 not helpful to your party. I mean, you talk about giving the Democrats, you know, red meat going into sixteen. I mean, that's just, you know, you guys. It just, hey, you guys are willing to do anything as a. It, it's, there's no common sense in it. I just have to. I just have to be real. There's no. It, there's not even common sense. I mean, well, you're willing I will, I will, just just because I to, to to back off of immigration, you're willing to put American lives in harm's way. That's well, at, at the I end will, of the way it's going to be interpreted.
0: True, but I'll, I'll put it in another way that ties into your earlier point is more likely the way that's interpreted. And it's sort of what you're saying, but said in another way, that it makes it much harsher, and that is the fact that, you know, <laughs> it's essentially you're just doing this to stick it to the man. But that's what it looks like, is that, you know, you hate him so much. In that that you're willing to do this, and so it exactly. doesn't look like it's business; exactly. it's personal, and that's what will will make it bad for I think uh, some in the party who are, are seeking you know the, the presidency because you know it'll it'll just make it look like the party you know it's it just you know the other stuff doesn't even matter to them. him matters mm-hmm. more, and and that's what's bad is is what I what I fear the most um because we lose the issue of just, you know, hey, you know, I just got an alternative view on immigration. It looks now more like, no, 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 I hate him and anything he proposes to the point where I'm willing to do anything else to make that point. And and I and I worry about that. Because we and, lose and,
1: and, the, and you the guys issue. have given six years of ammunition to the Democrats to prove the point that you're just saying, man. You did but I, I gotta give it to you, man. You did a fantastic job of cleaning that up. That was that was kudos to you, man. You cleaned that up really, really. nice. Richard Haas would be proud of you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very
0: much. Richard Haas would
1: be proud of you, man. When you go back to the table, you tell Rich, listen to this tape, how you clean that thing up, man. It's fantastic, bro. Hey, well, I you got, appreciate that. You got a career. You got a career in uh, in politics. You know that. Uh, uh, I'm talking about as an elected official. I got I got a feeling, huh?
0: Well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that.
1: Hey, no problem, man. Listen, thanks so much for being on tonight. Um, I gotta have you back because uh, when when I see the the, the leadership implode, uh, I want to get your reaction on that too. But uh, I also want to talk about council of foreign relations. I, I I'd like um, for everybody. I, that that's a whole topic in and of itself, right? So uh, yeah. I, I definitely want to have you back, man. And appreciate you being on tonight, everybody. Micah, hold the line for me, Micah. Uh, Chester, we need to holler at you real quick, okay? We'll do. All right. Thanks, my friend. Everybody, that's uh, Mr. Micah Edmond. Great conversation. So we went a lot of places. Hey, you know what? All conservatives are not bad, just like all liberals are not bad. I thought we got some practical information, um, but, you know, somebody who held true to his beliefs, but, um, you know, in a reasonable way. And uh, he did pretty good cleanup, too. um, And, uh, you know, we're glad to have and it's not every day that you can get somebody that's uh part of the count, council on armed relations. You guys should look that up um they're they're heavy hitters, heavy 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 hitters so great job to Chester for um you know getting them on tonight and uh definitely have to have them back everybody I'm gonna take a quick break um and then come back and wrap things up. You listen to politics we'll be right back. <laughs> All right people, another Thursday, don't forget, check out that Facebook page, we need some likes, we want some likes, we want some comments, we want to hear from you guys, tell us how we're doing, is Chester getting good guests, is he not, am I asking the right questions, am I not, what do you want to hear, what do you want to talk about, so you know, hit us up on Facebook, uh, don't forget, you can go back to uh, listen to all our shows on blog talk site uh they're all archived sitting there waiting for you to listen and to comment uh join us here every thursday eight o'clock you know we're talking everything from politics to pop culture you know we're going to keep uh you know keep you in the loop okay um you know and we're going to give you the quick down and dirty version of everything so you can go back and have conversations with your people and know what you're talking about and 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 basically, you know, hold an argument and um, you know, let me do the research for you. Let Chester do the research for you. That's what we're here for. Um and uh, you, know, you don't you don't cuz remember, MJ is an independent thinker, a free thinker. So this is a zone for all of us who are independent, who are free thinkers, people who uh you know, want to shake up the establishment, you know, get outside of the box, don't want to be pigeonholed. So that's what we're doing. And um everybody who joins us, I I hope uh you know, but with that said, that does not mean that we can't agree with people, right? So you know, Micah, there's certain things I agree with, you know. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if it was much of a lot of stuff I agreed with, but I liked his approach, right? It's practical. He uses common sense, you know, not just the same part rhetoric. You guys know I love talking to uh, my Republican friends, so a lot of times they give me the same rhetoric, just like, you know, my Democratic or Liberal friends give me the same rhetoric as well. So anyway, um, you know, but uh, it's great when you can jump across the aisle and do whatever you do. So. With that being said, don't forget to check us out next week. We're going to make it happen again and every week thereafter. Um, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, follow us on there. Don't forget check out Chester at CDJ Live. Check him out. And like I say every week, never stop for the sky. That's what hip politics is all about. Until next week, everybody, peace and love.
0: Warning, bringing minds and giving you the platform to let your voice be heard. Join the revolution. Follow us on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook. It's called... It's